Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast with April Elliott Kent and me, producer and co-host Jen Brown. Hey friends, Jen here. Today is September 13th, 2021, and here with me, where it's feeling like the old days because we only have a one-week show sheet, <laughs> is my friend, astrologer April Elliott Kent. Hi, April. Hello, Jen. It really was delightful putting together a show sheet for only one week. It feels like home. It does. It feels like the old days. I yeah. really miss it. It's much more containable. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, we're doing only one week because next week we are going to be launching into our second annual potathon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm unreasonably excited about potathon. <laughs> potathon is when we do a new episode every day for the week of September 20th, you know, Monday through Friday. And there'll be shorter episodes, we hope. We'll see what happens. Yes, this was uh, well demonstrated by last year's Potathon, where each episode kept getting longer and longer as the week went on. That's exactly right. We thought we would do 10-minute episodes last year, and I believe the Friday one was close to 20. <laughs> it so probably was. That didn't work. We can't help it. So that is the deal with Potathon. And of course, we will be making pleas for your um, financial beneficence. During that week. We will indeed. To help us cover our expenses. Yeah, we do have overhead costs, and it would be great if we could get some help with that. That's right. We're just a little two-woman show over here, mm -hmm. and, well, and one man in Nigeria that does our uh, transcriptions as well. Yeah. We're an international team, <laughs> as it were. So, yes. So, we're looking forward to Potathon, and we would really like you to get involved. We would love for you to send us a little 60-second question or comment. Go to speakpipe.com forward slash Big Sky Astrology Podcast. And it's such an easy little interface. You just click a button. You can record a message for us. Ask us anything. This can be astrology related. Although, please keep your questions general and not related to a specific question about your personal chart which is not so much of general interest to our entire audience, I'm sorry to say. Or these can even be personal questions, maybe not too personal. Well, maybe people <laughs> will be wondering how you got interested in astrology during the Carter administration, April. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was the Carter administration, too. What was it? It was about 1973. Yes. Oh, the Nixon administration. Oh, Nixon administration. Yeah, right. And we should mention we might use your question on air. Yes. So be prepared for that. So mm -hmm. yeah, everybody just jump in and do that. We'll talk in each of these episodes about some of our usual stuff. If there's a big planetary aspect that day or the moon's doing something and we'll fill you in on that. But we really want to hear from all of you. Some of you have been listening to us almost from the beginning. And if you even want to just talk about how you found the podcast, some of your favorite moments, whatever it might be, we'd love to hear from you and include you in our potathon celebration. And maybe if people want to leave a message for future episodes post potathon, just a happy oh. review. I like it. We could put that in the episode. We absolutely could. Or if we have more questions than we can comfortably accommodate during Potathon, we'll address those questions on future episodes. Maybe this will become an ongoing thing. Maybe it will. We shall see. 
We shall await with interest. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> <laughs> and I will link this URL in the show notes. As you do. So that you can just click on that and leave us a happy message. Wonderful. We look forward to it. Perfect. Now to begin this week, Jan, how do we begin this week? Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for Moon Watch. Moon Watch. <laughs> Play it. <laughs> Oh, yes, friends, this week we bring you a Sagittarius first quarter moon on September 13th at 1.39 p.m. Pacific time. It's at 21 degrees and 16 minutes of Sagittarius, and then the sun's at Virgo. And the sun is conjunct Mars in this chart at that itchy last 29th degree of Virgo. This is rich meltdown alert territory. Because Mars is at the last degree, is that what you mean? Well, and the sun is together with Mars. That's pretty combustible. Mm -hmm. And you put it in Virgo, and what you get is kind of mental exhaustion and meltdown. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But the moon is in Sag, which is a little more carefree, a little less overwrought. But it does have a, you know, a tendency, as all things connected to Jupiter do, because Jupiter rules Sagittarius, to sort of amplify things. The Sun and Mars, Sagittarius, they're all in a tight T-square with Neptune. So Sun and Mars in Virgo say we're working hard, perhaps a little too hard for our own good to take care of business, and can benefit from that opposition to Neptune, which has a more soft, diffuse kind of approach, takes the edge off things, is better at taking naps and stepping away and meditating and all the things that Jen was suggesting to me before we started recording today. <laughs> I was making a few Virgo-like suggestions to you. I thought they were very Neptunian, and I very much appreciated them. Oh, good. So Sagittarius, you know, the moon in Sagittarius wants to keep its eye on the big picture. It can get a little annoyed by Virgo's insistence on really picking apart the details of things. And it actually gets along a little bit better with Neptune, which is a bit more easygoing. The first quarter moon of any lunar cycle represents the time we take action on something that we were dreaming of. In this case, if we go back to the December 14th, 2020 new moon in Sagittarius, for instance, which was on a bluebird standing at the door of the house. I love that little Sabian symbol. That's really an awesome one. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's also picking up from the Virgo new moon that we had on the 6th. Now is the time to move forward, to take action. But the problem is that Virgo can be a little perfectionistic. And sometimes Virgo procrastinates because it's afraid that it's not going to be able to do something perfectly. And would rather not do it at all than not do it perfectly. Yeah, what's that saying? What is it? Oh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Thank you for reading my mind. Mm -hmm. That was very Neptunian of you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because I really can't decode my own <laughs> mind some days lately. So I'm impressed I could do that. Thank you so much. So now is the time to move ahead, you know, but Virgo can have a hard time with that. And the sun in Virgo with Mars. And Neptune brings this lack of focus that can cause some complications. But the missing link here, always we've talked about before, Jim, when we have a T-square, is in a T-square there is one sign in the modality that is not represented by a planet. In this case, the modality is mutable, which is flexible. 
and about finishing things up and assimilating what we've learned. And the missing link in this T-square is Gemini. That's the mutable planet that's not represented. I guess it is represented by the North Node, but it's not close enough to an exact degree. Yeah, and this would be 22 Gemini, Mm -hmm. which I looked up that Sabian symbol. Oh, what is it? A burn dance. (gasps) I like that one. I do too. We've talked about that one before. We have. Well, I guess that's the answer when you're working too hard and yet having a hard time focusing and feeling like you want to be doing a whole lot, but, you know, your ambitions are writing a check that your, you know, stamina cannot easily cash, then get out and do a little dancing. You have a little fun. Communicate with others. Have a chatty lunch with a friend. And maybe try to see things from another person's point of view, because in a burn dance, Blaine Bovey makes the point that you're looking at things from someone else's point of view or from oh. someone else's perspective, because you keep changing where you are in the dance. Oh. So I like that. He's so good. Yeah. I like what he says about things. Yeah. Blaine Bovey is, has written a book on the Sabian symbols, and mm-hmm. he has a lot of great thoughts on them. Yeah. I think his website, we'll link it in the show notes. I think it's boveastrology.com or something. B-O-V-E-E. Yeah. That's a wonderful, wonderful resource. Mm-hmm, for sure. So we're going to do a little do doing Swing your partner round, round and, and round. round. Seesaw <laughs> your partner's arm. I was thinking about the whole Virgo perfectionism thing, and there's so much in the world to fret over right now. Mm-hmm. And Virgo tends to be an anxious sign, as April and I know. <laughs> as my jaw is so clenched from tension over the last two weeks, I can barely speak properly. Gee, you think? Tension, anxiety? Well, so I was just thinking about how when things are stressful, it's helpful to focus your efforts on things that you have control over instead of focusing your efforts on things that you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a podcast of Brene Brown's the other day. She has a podcast called Unlocking Us. And this was an older podcast from last year, I think it was, on anxiety and how to cultivate a calm practice. Mm -hmm. And it was really good. So I'm going to link that in the show notes as well for folks. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do love her. Yeah, she's great. High anxiety. Sing it. Whenever you're near. (laughs) So the sun is opposite Neptune. And I just wanted to give a little extra time to this because that is present in the first quarter moon chart, but it's exact the next day, September 14th at 2.21 a.m. Pacific time. Tell us about it. Well, it's early in the morning, probably. I mean, depending on where you live, where Jen and I live, it's kind of the middle of the night. So if this is sleep time where you live, because I always associate Neptune with sleep, with these processes that take us into our unconscious, dreams, meditation, hypnotherapy, any of these kinds of things. I think it might be a nice idea before you go to bed on September 13th, set a little intention before you go to bed to have ideas and solutions revealed to you in your dreams. Mm, Love that. Yeah. And report back to us if you have any success with that. I never dreamed. Do you remember your dreams? Oh, I do. I remember them a lot. And I read a book on dreaming that was really good that I can't remember the name of. But (laughs) one of the things that I liked about it was when you wake up, You know, so often you can remember the details of your dreams. So to write them down, because, Mm -hmm. of course, over the course of the day, you'll forget them. Right. But one of the things that she recommended was thinking about how it made you feel. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a good addition to just writing it down, because so often later you can even read what the dream was about and you might not remember the details. But if you write down how it made you feel, 
then it gives you some sense of, oh, yeah, it was joyous or it was a mm -hmm. little tense or whatever. I think that's a really good insight. And I can remember the feelings of my dreams much more often mm -hmm. than I can remember the narrative details. Mm -hmm. I never have these great narrative dreams with a, you know, cast of thousands and a, and a good plot. Mm -hmm. But it is all about, yeah, the way it makes you feel. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I like that. So dream a little dream of me. I love that you're singing for every section that we're doing. This is a musical spectacular today. Totally. Tell us what's happening next, pal. Well, next we have Mars entering Libra. Libra, very even. It's a very even sign. One note, very balanced. One note, samba. <laughs> So that's on September 14th at 5.14 p.m. Pacific time, and it will be in Libra through Halloween. Isn't that perfect, having Mars going into Scorpio on Halloween? Yeah, that's perfect. Ooh, we'll be talking about that then. Because Scorpio is Halloween season. Mm-hmm. That'll be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So Mars was last in Libra in 2019 between October 3rd and November 18th. It has about a two-year cycle or so going through the zodiac it's a good time for certain things like all transits good time for some things a little more challenging for others so we'll say it's a good time to work mars collaborate with someone else on a particular project but <laughs> mars is assertive sometimes a little bit conflict prone and can struggle to express itself in relationship it's not it's natural you know melu is that right is that a word? Is it? Was that French? Oui. <laughs> sort of. Mais oui. French-ish. Il y a beaucoup Mais de lui. personnes dans le monde qui parlent français, oui. Listen to you, show it up. <laughs> well, that's very Libran of you. To show off. No, to speak French. Tish, that's French. Mm. So Mars can sort of struggle a little bit. Disagreements can really test relationships during this transit, but it's also a good one for clearing the air. In relationships, if you've been having long-standing issues with your partner or close friend or something, this is a good time to work it out because Mars is also reined in a little bit. And it means that we can have measured conversations with people instead of flat-out fights or open conflict, which is more Mars's style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we put in the Libra and it kind of puts on the kid gloves a little bit. The best advice we can give you is while Mars is in Libra, direct your energy, your Mars energy that just wants to get stuff done in the direction of Libran pursuits, music, art, activities that cultivate balance, martial arts, this kind of thing. Justice and fairness, too. Mm -hmm. All of those things. Thank you for pointing. See, of course, yeah. <laughs> the Libra knows where it's at. Yeah, balance and fairness are keywords dear to Libra's heart. Does Mars generally do less well in air signs? So it's not so much that it's difficult in air signs. It's specifically a little difficult in Libra because Libra is opposite Mars' home sign of Aries. So it's in its detriment. Mm -hmm. It's hard because Mars is designed to do one thing, which is to get out there and get things done and get what it wants. And Libra is about tempering that. And saying, well, other people want things too. Other people have needs too. And Mars is like, well, that's not my job. A Libran thinks you can get more done because you have two people now. <laughs> 
it's a different perspective. And Mars and Venus are in mutual reception. Right. Will you tell folks what that means? Yes, we have covered this a number of times and never terribly well. So we'll just say (laughs) that it's when you have two planets that are in the sign that the other rules. So in this case, Mars is in Libra, which is ruled by Venus, which is in Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars. Talk about a barn dance. These are a couple of planets that are really kind of going around and around in a very entertaining little circle with each other. And what it means is they can sort of, when one drops the ball, the other one can pick it up. They're kind of helping each other out because Venus is not terribly comfortable in Scorpio either. And the way my teacher used to explain it, she would say, it's as though each can act as though it's in the sign that it rules by collaborating with this other planet. Which is nice. Yeah. I'm picturing them both in a hot air balloon. Ooh. Got the air for Libra. And the heat from Mars, the fire that's underneath it. Yeah, maybe you've got a glass of water there, too. (laughs) No, it's going over the ocean. Oh, there we go. It's going over the ocean. But not the ocean, a lake. A lake's much nicer for a balloon to go over, I think. I like that. Good catch, Jen. Thank you. Well, next we have the sun trine Pluto on September 16th at 6.52 p.m. Pacific time. It's at 24 degrees and 24 minutes of Virgo and Capricorn, respectively. I think with an aspect like this one, we shine most, which is what the sun wants to do. If we are our most authentic self, you know, to the extent that we are really being who we truly are and not putting on a facade, we can actually attract support from sometimes even powerful people. This will be a particularly nice aspect for people who have a lot of Leo placements in their chart because Leo's ruled by the sun. So when it comes together with Pluto, it gets a little boost. Often Pluto can sort of bring the sun down because the sun's job is to feel like the sovereign of its own life. And Pluto is like, well, you're not really so much in the grand scheme of things. But when they're working together with a nice aspect like this one, a trine, It means Pluto is kind of throwing the sun a little more support than usual. Authenticity here is the key to the empowerment. And here's our friend Blaine Bovey again, who pointed out that the Sabian symbol for the sun at 25 Virgo, which is a flag at half mast, we know that best as signifying a time of mourning when a public figure has passed away or something like that. Yeah, right. But he pointed out something. I love the way he looks at things because he pointed out, well, Maybe it's the flag halfway up the mast instead of halfway down, like it's in the process of being raised up. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of turns it on its head a little bit. It does. Yeah. And I kind of thought with this, especially since the sun trying Pluto's a nice energy, if there's something new you'd like to try, run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes is the way the old expression used to go. That's what my mom says. Is the authenticity piece an inherent part of the sun symbolism? I think that's the Pluto. Oh. It's the energy of the two of them together. I see. Because the sun is the true self, but it gets covered up with a lot of complicated things, hubris and ego and stuff that's not real helpful. Mm -hmm. Pluto's job is to burn all that away. And what we're left with is the truly authentic self. It's not always an easy process to go to. I mean, talk to anybody who has had Pluto by transit. 
in a hard aspect to their son. You will have had that some years ago because you're a Libra. Yeah. And it really tests you, really burns away the things that you've perhaps been relying on that aren't really authentic to who you are. So this is a fast little transit and a little nicer, but the general sentiment, I think, is the same. Awesome. Next up, we have Venus squaring Saturn on September 16th at 11.15 p.m. Pacific Time. Venus is at 7 degrees 20 minutes of Scorpio squaring Saturn in Aquarius. Tell us about this, pal. So Venus is on a Sabian symbol that I like very much. It gives me the image of Scorpio at its most lovely, Venus and Scorpio. The moon shining across a lake. That is nice. Yeah, to me, it's just a vision. It's very contemplative. It's very serene. And that's how I often think of Venus and Scorpio. Saturn is on a symbol, beautifully gowned wax figures, which is a little creepy to me. But it sort of speaks of artificiality what seems beautiful or appealing on the surface. But again, going back to the Sun trine Pluto, might be a little bit insincere or inauthentic to who we are. So having the two together just says, well, I mean, there's conflict there. There's a friction between those two symbols because one is saying, go deep, be in nature, be authentic. And the other is, you know, that desire we all have to look good on the outside. It's like on social media, everybody's trying to make their life look really, really great, (laughs) really beautiful and everything very carefully curated. Yeah, some people do. So this is sort of trying to resolve that conflict, I think. All right, my friend. Well, we have made it to the end of this just lightning fast show sheet this week. Have we done it? Hop in my hot air balloon, April. We've done it. (laughs) Let's take a ride. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks to all of you for listening to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to follow us, rate, and review. And we hope that you'll spread the word by telling a friend about the show. You can read show notes and full transcripts and leave your comments about each episode at our website, BigSkyAstropod.com. As we finish up this last episode before Podathon week, we just want to say how grateful we are to everyone who has shown support over the last year. And as you know, each week we thank some of you by name. Who do we have this week, April? This week, we are giving a Big Sky Astrology podcast shout out to Maureen Blair, Debbie Allen, Rachel Fletcher, Karen Hartland, Melissa, I think Gerben. Get out your bingo cards. (laughs) Sarah Jane Williamson. And last but far from least, Alice Kenzie, our very last donor of the Potathon year. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Maureen, Debbie, Rachel, Karen, Melissa, Sarah Jane, and Alice, we appreciate each and every one of you. And we thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting us with your donations. It has been an amazing year since our last Potathon, and we're so grateful to everyone who has shown support along the way, not only with your donations, but the nice comments and feedback that we get from you. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, it really does mean so much. If you'd like to support the podcast, you'll have an excellent opportunity during next week's second annual Potathon. <laughs> oh, we're so excited for Potathon. Yes, we are. Well, that is it for us this week. Now, friends, as we've said, 
Potathon begins next week, Monday, September 20th, so don't forget to send in your questions. Go to speakpipe.com forward slash Big Sky Astrology podcast. And I also wanted to say that if you're uncomfortable recording a message to have included in the show, you can also just email us. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Email me, April at BigSkyAstrology.com, but we would really love to hear your voices if you're game for it. I like that you threw that in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Be inclusive Mm -hmm. because we have shy persons. Yeah, maybe people have a lot of (laughs) Taurus, Cancer, Virgo planets and they don't want to leave a message. That's right. They're not big old be on the air blabbermouths like us. (laughs) Well, see you all on Monday for a week of daily episodes. And until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening. To learn more about April Elliott Kent, please check out her website, BigSkyAstrology.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter, read her thought-provoking weekly essays, purchase her books, sign up for a personal astrology reading, and more. That's all for today. If you like what you're listening to, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast and hit subscribe to stay current with new episodes. You can follow Big Sky Astrology on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Sky Astrology. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time.